Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. This week is If You Had a Brad Thomas. Brad time. Brad time. Bad time. Bad time. This week is If You Had a Bad Time. I think that's the worst I've ever botched an intro for anything. Yeah. Because I tried to say bad, but I said Brad, and then uh-huh. I was like, "What just happened?" I was and like, uh, "I was like, dude, that was not a bit. That was just uh-huh. me, like, really having like my brain stop working for yeah. a second. Well, I and it think was that this is going to be a great episode of As You Were. <laughs> yeah, a I mean, podcast about Alkaline one. Trio. Uh, my name is Tim Crisp. My brain is functioning pretty well. And uh, David Anthony, my intern, um, just really gumming up the works all of a sudden. That was uh-huh. alarming. I feel like I had a stroke out yeah. of nowhere. That uh, well, strokes oof. are strokes are a wild one. They don't really know what happens. I mean, is this it? Um, that is a different podcast mm. uh, covering the strokes. We uh, are on as you were a podcast about alkaline trio. That is our other podcast, the Albert Hammond Juniors. Um. Yeah, those are, they all had funny names, huh? Funny names, bad looks, rich kids. Hey, we're here to talk about "If You Had a Bad Time," a song that Dan Andriano wrote that first appeared as track number five on the BYO Split series, Volume Five, a split that Alkaline Trio did with One Man Army, and then, of course, was collected and put at the number 15 spot on remains deep into remains of that deep into remains yeah um and this is a song that i mean it's there was a lot of shifting going on in the alkaline trio Mm -hmm, around mm -hmm. this time and that split is a is kind of an indicative time where you see the band trying on a few different types of I don't know, looks, I guess. Yeah. Well, and just, I would say even from a production standpoint, like tones and sounds. Yeah. There's a lot kind of happening in there. And I, you know, we'll talk more about the split as a whole when we get into some of the other songs, but I feel like it's, it's really a point where you see like, yeah, they needed to kind of try this shit out to get to what Crimson was. Right. Right. This, uh, yeah, it almost does feel like a demo for Crimson when you listen to it. Yeah, and it's, you know, they were really reaching for something and trying a lot of new shit, and you can't just, like, really be like, uh, we're going to try this on a full length and not have kind of a go-round or a lengthy demo process. And I think this is a good way to do that, you know, because I think it at once, like, if the old fans who had been there from the beginning uh-huh. didn't like Good Morning, this rec- this release is very much like, okay, I'm, you, I'm out. You can I'm probably... Done. You, you can, can probably dip. Yeah, and I honestly, I feel like I had, even though I was, you know, full on into uh, Good Morning, I remember getting this split and being pretty confused by it. No, I was too. It was definitely not an immediate, like, love or hate reaction, though. It uh-huh. was kind of like a, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. And it's kind of funny to me because one of the big things I've heard over and over again from people I know who you know, or similar age or similar age range or a little older. Cause they're like, man, when are you going to talk the BYO split songs? Like, I love those. Oh, and it's interesting. interesting to me how many people I've met who like 
really, really resonate with this. Uh-huh. When I, I don't want to say I don't feel that way because that implies I dislike it, but right. just like it, it's never been the one that has been my thing, I guess. Yeah, from this time period, um, you know, when we talked about Remains, I ranked that uh, probably second highest on did, on my yeah. on my records, and this is really the only spot within that collection where I don't really love it. I'm kind of in the same way. Like there are songs I like, and I think with all of these songs, there are moments I really like. Yes, and I think it's because they are, you know, really reaching for something. And like in Sadie, them spinning that up into a crimson song where it's even bigger uh-huh. i think really benefits it and i think a lot of these songs specifically if you had a bad time is a song that i really want to hear with like strings and like a bigger layered end because that's you know? what it that's what it feels like and it opens really big too and i think just with the you know somewhat limited uh access that they have to you know a producer who's going to actually do that not to you know knock Matt Allison no. in, in any sort of way but but all we do role. is knock him uh, really <laughs> but that's the role of you know a studio producer is to to hear the idea and find a way to punctuate it but the band does a really good job, I think, on this song in particular, of understanding that what this is is a big song, and they put some, you know, some depth into it, and it starts off really big, and then it drops out, and then builds mm-hmm. up, and it builds up, and it builds up, but never really reaches that point that I think yeah. was happening, you know, in their heads when they're playing that song. Totally, and and it's one of those songs where. When it comes on, I'm always like, okay, cool. And I enjoy listening to it when I'm in it. I never like reach to put it on. I never think about it all that much. And I think it speaks to that where they have songs that I think the end piece when it like explodes is incredible. We talked about Uh, All on Black being a really prime example of that. I think their songs from the first song they ever wrote, 97, being a perfect example of it. Um, But... This one feels like it doesn't fully get there. I don't know if it's like the song being maybe a hair too short and it needs a little more time to keep pushing it up that hill until it's finally there. Yeah. I don't know if it's the production not like adding enough layers to give it like the jet black kind of feel of like, ooh, I'm being hit by a jet engine. Right. But that's what this song kind of uh, feels like it needs. And the reason I, I do like it, though, is because I like – Dan going for something like that. And I think he has a series of songs kind of throughout this era with a few years on either end of it where he is trying to do a thing like that. Right. Trying to do something big and, and kind of closing everything, putting it all together. Crawl functions Mm -hmm. so unbelievably well in that sense where it's, you know, I mean, and this song, it's not it's not the last song on the split, but it's the last Alkaline Trio song. You got a, a damned cover that follows it. But this is, you know, this is a last song feel. Crawl does that so well where it's just like, all right, this is yeah. how we're going to tie it all together, drive it home and just build to that point where it's like, cool, finished. End well, yeah, paragraph. And I, and I mean, Crawl is a great example of it. I think that, you know, there's a song on this addiction, the closer it's called fine which i think is honestly a really great and underrated song in their canon and i think it does that exactly where it starts really small and then gets to a big thing and Uh i think i think dan is very capable of writing songs like that i think there's 
sometimes been a piece missing where crawl is like a perfect example of it to me right this is one where the lyrics don't carry as much weight as i would like the same is true of fine um and i can overlook those things when i listen to them because i can just wait for the lines that i do think are good because i always think there's one or two right um but you know he's going for something that is different and even when it doesn't work you know or work fully you know he's not walking around this with egg on his face like he's looking pretty good he here. looked okay yeah he looked like he you know he he put in a, a pretty good effort um you know i think one thing that kind of detracts from this song's power is just that it's got such a big lengthy wordy chorus that he can't really get out of it and let the music carry everything it's like you've got to fit so much life advice into every one of these well and and that's the thing is like i think the problem with it is like dude go full wilco and make this song seven minutes right you know especially with the amount of stuff you're trying to say there wilco never gets the sentimental but 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 no well i'm glad you brought that up Uh because this is a critique i've heard of people who don't necessarily share my opinion that I think Dan has stayed a little more consistent in later years is like, he gets so sentimental and lovey dovey and like yada, 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 which like is very true. You know, I, I can forgive the musical compositions of him a little more, but there are some lyric stuff that is just kind of like, this is a little middling. And this is a little bit like, yeah, it's kind of, it's an interesting uh, batch of lyrics just because, you know, if you had a bad time at one of my parties, it sounds like a breakup song at the beginning, but then you get to the chorus and it's like, it feels like it's written for his daughter. Yeah. And, you know, talk about the places you might go. Like, don't, don't say that. Don't, don't say that. Well, and it also suffers from the Mr. Chainsaw thing for me, where at the end of that, they're like, in case you're wondering, we're singing. This right. is like, well, uh-huh. here's some words of advice. Here goes. And yeah. like, it's just like, if you want to allude to words of advice or, or, oh, the places you'll go or whatever, like you can do that and you can do it in an articulate way. But like, I think, like you said, he's really locked himself into having to say so much right. and be so verbose that like he can't allow any ambiguity there. Yeah, definitely. And I think that it's also, you know, when you put all of that into your chorus and then you're just repeating it over and over again, yeah, you lose a lot of luster when it's like, are, okay, you're telling me again. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> you and, told me the first time. Like, I get it, Dad. <laughs> well, yeah, there is a little bit of the like, okay, Jesus uh-huh. Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's one of those songs that could benefit from a skiba like slight lyrical variation. Right. Um, to just make it, even if he was like giving us different piece of advice, the next chorus, like it would still be kind of hackneyed, but I, right. I'd be more into it. Cause it just feels like we're going somewhere. And like, it's, I think it's a really good bridge as a result of that. Cause coming out of that, it gives it a little like half step of like, Oh, we're kind of, right. we're kind of working in a different but mode. But then it goes right back into it. Yeah. It just, it, it doesn't. And that's the point I was saying, like with the build is like when they're in that bridge, it feels like it's, it's picking up the pace a little bit. It's kind of moving a direction and then it just kind of reverts back. Right. Um, which, you know, is what kind of bridges are for. Yeah. But you know, but like a, instrumental passage to follow that would be nice yeah i mean just even an instrumental end where they're playing the chorus but Uh building it somewhere would would not be a bad move and this is one of the only songs where i feel really like 
I'm kind of backseat driving with it because like, like I said, I like this look from Dan. I like him reaching for these things, right. but you can tell it's, it's him experimenting, but they never really did enough of it for him to nail it with this band. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's not a lot of songs that sound this way or that like they were able to do without it kind of deviating in a slightly different direction. And I would have really liked to have seen like maybe this song brought back onto a crimson built up a little more just to see what would have happened with it. Yeah. I think the problem with this song though, is that it's just, it's boxed in, you Hmm. know, you talk about how much, uh, how many words are here, how many words are in the chorus, how you, you get to a bridge and then it's just like, all right, well, where do you go from there? Just repeat the chorus again. I feel like, you know, you structure the song the way that you do, you're kind of stuck with it and you kind of just have to play it until, until you feel like it should be done. And a song like this can't really happen in three minutes. It has to happen in four and a half minutes. And, you know, it's not, it's, it's a commendable effort for sure, but there's just, it's just, it's capabilities are, are low just because of what it is, I think. Well, yeah. I mean, I think the idea of it being boxed in is a good thing because I think, you know, we talked about it a little bit in the last episode, Midnight Blue, of like my issue with the fact of them like not being able to fully embrace certain things and kind of like well, a little bit like shit on for trying stuff. Right. Where it's like I want to see where they would have gotten to if this was accepted and, and they were allowed to keep pushing it. Uh-huh. Because I think they've they've always kind of – you know, even with Agony and Irony, a record I don't like, they don't really fully embrace the transition. They're hedging their bets a little too much. And I think that's that's when they kind of falter. Right. And, and, you know, that manifests in lyric stuff, that manifests in composition, that manifests in production. And, you know, while I would by no means say this song is bad to me, you know, there are some lines I even really like. Mm-hmm. But it's... It's what, to, what, what lines do you like? I think that uh, that's worth pointing out. I mean, I think the strongest line, and I think is the, with one million things holding you down, am I one of those things? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and like, that's just a really interesting part of it because as you said, like, I don't really know what the song's about. Is it about becoming a father? Is it about, you know, a breakup? Like, where are we at in time and space here? And yeah. I think, you know, a line like that confuses it, but I think those are the type of lines that I am coming to for this band where like i don't want the vague like you know heartbreak anthem i want you like wrestling with the fact of like aging and adulthood yeah and i don't think they ever really did that that much they don't and And i think they could have done it very well right yeah and i think that's like you know we've been talking about this a lot lately is is that there's a inability for them to transition and there's so many stutter steps in certain directions and then you know being swayed back into a different direction just because of crowd response and the grown-up alkaline trio that is kind of alluded to here it you know could have had a nicer return yeah if we you know if they'd given it a little bit more time and i i just always think about like God, how good would it be if they would have been accepted as a more grown-up band and allowed to like move in that space, right? As opposed to now, like Matt Skiba having like Ducati stickers on his guitar and, yeah. and you know wearing mm-hmm. like pants from Hot Topic. You know, it's just like 
Right. I, I, you know, not to shit on him for that, but boy, am I going to, um, it's just like, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I always wonder what it'd be like if this band was able to, you know, say things to me that resonated when I'm 28 as they did when I was 18 and you yeah. know, 12. And it's just, I feel like they kind of chopped that off a little bit and you know, who's to say whose fault that is. It might be ours, you know? <laughs> It might be the the fans who wouldn't let him do it in the first place, but you know this one, this one I think is is it's tough because Dan reaches in that way, but lyrically it's just it's just way too sentimental and way too like flowery to have any real lasting power. Yeah, it's the type of song where like musically I don't dislike it. Uh huh. But it falls into a similar ish. The less bad territory is like a love, love, kiss, kiss, which is like fine compositionally, fine musically, but like, dude, yeah, please, like the so, there had to have been someone in the room who's like, yeah, like, dude, this like Lifehouse already sang this song, yeah, you know that this is like that fucking here's to the night sort of shit. Like, I I have no no patience for like overly sentimental things like this. I don't, I don't, it doesn't sit well with me and I get angry at, you know, I guess there's a, there's a certain like sect of, of, of pop punk that aligns with the alkaline trio. That's like really fucking into like this, you know, like overly sentimental, not to say the song in particular, but just this, I know like, what you, mean. you know, fucking like posting gaslight anthem lyrics and shit like that. Like <laughs> I want to hang oh. out with my friends and wear my cargo shorts. Like, yeah. Dude, like, yeah. I just like, I, I'm not into, you know, like I memorializing mean, shit in the way that's that it's being done here and it's like I get I get really really squeamish about it. Well, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm going to sing here again because to illustrate a point because like this song lyrically is not that removed from like this is a story of a girl. Like it's not that far r- removed. Right. You know, because it's just like telegraphing what you're trying to do and like yeah. instead of telling me, it's it's the same issue I have with like movies and books is like where you know i don't i'm not a guy who cares about spoilers i want to see how we get there right Right. yeah yeah, yeah. and when you're using it like i've seen in in some movies recently where you're just being like instead of showing me or like allowing these things to kind of sit and build you're just like oh like um yeah that that character is pregnant you know Uh oh well fuck i would have liked to notice that yeah like show that to me illustrate uh-huh. it to me bring it to light so it has an impact don't just be like eh, i'm just gonna throw this out there for the sake of getting to where i need to go a little easier right and i understand that like all of these are different mediums and, and that precipitates doing something differently but like i think this song would be a lot stronger when you know dan is good at like you can look at songs like good morning or crimson where i think he's very good at like being sentimental without necessarily like being like I'm giving you advice, right? <laughs> you know, and this song yeah. is I'm giving you advice. Well, and there's just like there's nothing to chew on after the fact. Like it's it's so like cut and dry. You hear it so many times that you're not like you're not thinking about it afterwards. You're just like, all right, that's it's all there. I don't need to, I don't need to carry it into anything else. It's all been tied up for me. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, there's going to be like a, a prime example to bring up a band that we talked a little bit about last episode, The Descendants, 
who Bill Stevenson produced My Shame is True. Like, I think they've done a good job on their last couple full lengths of like acknowledging that they're old men with kids and their parents are dying and they're going through all this kind of shit and they're able to write songs that I think address those things in a way where even though they're not being like, my dad's dead, like you're able to kind of like understand the emotion. Uh And this song is much more the like, yeah, like grappling with adulthood and aging and becoming a parent and all this stuff in a way that it's so direct that like I understand, you know, the, the, oh, the places you'll go impulse in the same way that Matskiba has, you know, referenced the giving tree. Uh Uh, But like Uh that reads a little better because it's not directly tied to childhood. Yeah, totally. I just... (laughs) I just think about the, uh, at this point, like in my life, I can't hear, uh, oh, the places you'll go without thinking about, uh, Michael Scott getting in the car to go see Ryan and he's got, uh, go dog go. Mm -hmm. And John's like, or John, Jim played by John Krasinski is like, oh, go dog go. He's like, yeah, I I wanted to get him all the places you will go, but they were out of it. Like, oh, well that's a good one too. To be fair, I do love Go Dog Go. Because, uh, Go Dog Go is great. Because Tim, let me tell you, that's you're wearing a very nice hat. All right, so what would you, what would you rate this song? I'm gonna give this song uh, uh, three copies of Oh the Places You'll Go out of five. Uh huh. I'm gonna give this song uh, two and a half copies of uh, The Great Gatsby out of five because I like the image that Dan's just like having parties all the time and mm. he's, and he's hosting and you know, he's uh Dan, Dan Andriano, the American dream. He was up for the role that Leo DiCaprio then got in that Boz Lerman film. Never heard of him. Mm. Hey, if you like what we're doing here, uh, subscribe to it on Apple podcasts or on Stitcher. Tell a friend about the show. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at better yet pod. He's at, db anthony thank you so much for for coming by and and sharing this time with us we uh this will be the last uh episode that we do in this studio location Mm -hmm. which uh something that i always like to uh memorialize just because you know the space is where this podcast was uh was first conceived and um and you know it's it's a total pleasure getting to spend time with you and and doing it and talking about about this band that we that we love and we care about and we hope that you're all enjoying it too so thank you uh we'll be back next week from a new hot location and (laughs) we'll see you then thanks bobus i just had the realization that after singing that song i did that the next alkaline trio song is going to be called this is the story of a ghoul Get some words of invite Maybe you've heard them before But here goes Just be true to yourself If it lands you in Oh, well, at least now you know Loud and clear with your eyes Big and bright are the places You might someday go With one million things Holding you down While you're one of those things that ain't Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week I'm going to start this over.